Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast, critical discussions in critical times. Here's your host, Bill Kelly. And this is the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Kelly. Good to have you with us today. Uh, as we start to wind through what they call the dark days of January here, because there's not a whole lot going on, not a whole lot of sunshine. People get depressed, uh, even more depressed when they open the newspaper and find out what's going on in the world and what's happening politically. Uh, but it's 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 kind of a, a, a blind spot for uh, federal and provincial politicians these days because, uh, well, the House isn't sitting yet. Uh, the Ontario legislature uh, is not going to get back till almost family day. But that doesn't mean there isn't th- things going on in Ontario and Queen's Park. And to talk about that, so pleased to welcome back to the podcast a good friend, Richard Brennan, retired journalist uh, who covered Queen's Park and Parliament Hill for so many years. Uh, Badger, great to have you with us today. Happy New Year, belatedly, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Yep, same to you, Bill. Glad to be here. I want to jump in, first of all, with an announcement that was made just a couple of days ago here by the provincial government uh, with Education Minister Stephen Lecce, who is uh, usually the minister that the Ford government trots out when they try to change the channel to something else, because hey, here's a, a, an education innovation for you. And uh, the announcement was, of course, about an upgrade about the kindergarten curriculum. Uh, I don't remember them talking much about that during their campaign a year and a half ago. As a matter of fact, I don't remember anybody talking about uh, the need or the urgent need for this. Uh, but, you know, it was the usual stage thing with there's the minister, a bunch, a bunch of little kids, and he's talking about innovation and getting back to basics, which is what they tend to want to say all the time when they're talking about education. Uh, a couple of the unions involved in this, teachers, unions, et cetera, said, look, we didn't even know he was going to do this. Uh, so I guess that you can you can not check that box about consultation off. Is is this something that's legitimate? Is this something that 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 Ontarians need the education system needs right now? Or excuse the cynicism here, is it just an attempt to try to change the channel from some of the other crap that's going on right now? Well, I, I think it's just you know it's make work, you know, just uh, just that you're going to going to you know have kids go back to the basics. Well, they're in kindergarten. We're not talking about somebody in grade eight or grade 10. You know, this is just, this is a time to, for kids to socialize. Sure. They should learn some, you know, a few basics. I have no problem with that. That's great. But you know, what, what's the reading and writing and arithmetic? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. And, and he's talking about, you know, introducing other uh, things. And I go, like, who do you think you're dealing with? They're just kids. Let them be kids. You know, I don't know if Lecce was, you know, deprived at that age or I'm not sure what happened, but he, uh, it's it, it just so much baloney that it, it really is just make work. It's here, you know, what have you said lately, Mr. Lecce? And, uh, well, I haven't had much to say, and there's this board or this commission or whatever it was, blue ribbon panel said, yeah, maybe, maybe we should change up what happens at the kindergarten level. You know, also be it. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a dramatic thing. But on the other hand, who cares? Well, even some of the parents they talked about. If you watch some of the TV news clips uh, after the announcement, uh, you know, the six o'clock news and, and later, uh, most parents seem to have that rather ambivalent attitude. Like, you know, the, my kid needs a lot of stuff right now. But you know, a, a change in the curriculum, an update to the curriculum, uh, doesn't seem to be on their list really. And and you're right. I mean, let's say was talking about, okay, we're going to do things like coding and, and improving reading skills. And, and first of all, I don't know if kindergarten is the, the place to start teaching coding and things of this nature. But the overall uh, attitude I heard from a lot of the parents, and of course, you only get about 10 seconds of your interview when they're doing a six o'clock news because they've only got limited time. Uh, but they said the same thing you did. You know, just let the, let the kids be kids. 
you know, uh, you know, it's nine fifteen. It's time for this. Time for this. Okay, it's recess outdoor. Ten minutes. Boom, boom. It sounds like Captain Van Trapp from Sound of Music running the the thing instead of you know teachers. And is is it really necessary right now, or is this just as you say an attempt to try to say, hey, we're doing something? I know you don't think we're doing anything, but here here's here's an important innovation in education. Holding, coding. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? I know. I read that. And I go. I what? I mean, that is something you might learn, you know, in dribs and drabs, maybe even in high school now. But coding? Give me a break. I mean, Letchie might have gone to, you know, kindergarten with a shirt and tie and a suit every day. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry. It, it's just ridiculous. That's what it is. It's just so much, you know, it, it, it feeds the base here. We're getting back to the basics. We're going to teach. These kids are going to graduate from, you know, and uh, from kindergarten. Next thing you know, they'll be in university. They'll be so smart. Well, I thought the whole idea behind uh, kindergarten was to socialize kids, get them get them familiar with the world around them a bit and uh, that other other kids you know are different from them and to learn to you know behave yourself to to adapt to your surroundings that's it's just it was basic learning now he's talking about coding does mr lecce know coding i'd love to know that Good question. If not, maybe you should attend those classes. But it seems, I guess, to a lot of people, it's kind of quizzical, I guess, that they'd focus on something like this. And I get it. Okay, they want to, you know, here, it's kind of a slow news week. Let's just put a good news story out there. And, uh, you know, the good news stories for the Ford government previously were, you know, they'd, they'd be out there with a bunch of workers with their hard hats and a, and a big earth mover behind them. We're going to build a highway here. Uh, that's probably not a wise move these days when they're looking at PR moves here. Uh, you know, the RCMP is investigating uh, the, the whole thing with a green belt uh about how these things are going to be funded etc etc uh and and i don't i don't know what's going to happen to the, the ford agenda in 2024 uh some of the stuff's going to get bogged down because of the rcmp investigation there were other investigations about uh, how they came to uh, decide they were going to build these two new highways uh and and i know these guys want to move forward on this agenda i think i'm sure you've seen the the television commercials right now they've they got a lot of money so they're spending it on uh, on tv ads uh, and they're basically painting this blue sky picture about how everything is wonderful in Ontario. People come here and they're learning the skills that they need for tomorrow. He says, we're building roads. And I, as soon as I saw that section of the, the commercial, I thought, no, we're not. <laughs> you're talking about it, but you're not building them because there's a big pushback on that. Uh, so I, I just wonder where these guys are right now. Are they spinning the wheels or is this really just an attempt to kind of you know paint this rosy picture that hopefully their people are going to buy into? Well, they're they're casting it about because I mean, you know, the the stink of the green belt has not been erased by any stretch of the imagination. You talk about money, they're spending money to paint Bonnie Crosby as the next thing to the devil, uh, you know, a rich devil, you know, that's you know, got a house in the Hamptons and which is a lie. Uh and you know, I it's just yeah, I think they don't right now, I think they're having trouble finding out where they're going because they seem to be, they have in the rear view mirror that investigation. And I think that's really, they're concentrating on that. It's having, they're having difficulty looking into the future or other things, except the highway, because he's got the, he's got the developers breathing down his neck and say, you better do something for us. You didn't get the green belt. So you better build the, you know, 413. So we've got, you know, a road going to all our different properties. 
yeah. so there, there's there's that element of it and and i guess the question that, that they're asking about you know how this is going to move forward uh and is is what are the ramifications of this going to be uh i don't know that we're ever going to see a photo op of the first uh, shovel being turned for the highway 413 project that he's he's talked about he's really kind of tied himself to that uh, but a lot of people are conflating that with the Greenbelt issue because it is going to go through Greenbelt lands uh, if, in fact, it's ever going to get constructed. Uh, is 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 the, the Ford agenda on hold right now? I mean, I, and, and again, we have to paint this picture in the broad scope here. The, there, there's no election in 2024. There's going to have to be an election for a long, long time here. But, you know, you look at the, the, the latest polling here that indicates that there's some major concerns here in, the, in this uh, province now about Ford and about his policies and about his agenda right now. Do they take this opportunity in 2024 to, to rejig that, or is it going to be, you know, damn the torpedoes and full speed ahead? Well, I'm just going to switch switch the channel just a slight bit here, Bill. Service Ontario, you saw those announcements. Yeah, I was getting Whether, to that. Yeah, you're going to take, you know, the, you know, Service Ontario out of the communities, and they're going to put it in the big box stores. Well, did you ever hear anything about that in the election? No, of course not. Uh, did they tell anybody about that? Was there any consultation with the public whatsoever? Again, it's just this government seems, because they have majority, they can just do whatever the heck they like. And that is going to blow back on them sooner or later. People are going to say, hey, you just can't do that. What? How much is it going to cost? What's the benefit going to be? There's so many questions like, for example, the uh, Ministry of Transportation was on the other day on uh, CBC Radio and, and asked, how much is this 413 would going to cost? And he just gave, uh, you know, uh, talking points and didn't answer the question. Like, they won't tell you how much that's going to cost. And they won't tell you if the, uh, the you know, the, the crosstown in Toronto, when that's going to be finished. Everything about this government seems to be behind the curtain, behind closed doors with certain groups and the and the public gets to know what happened after the fact. And with, I, with, I, with I, this I, situation, though, and Sorry. I know, but we can talk about the Greenbelt situation because that's you know, something that I think we learned a lot about in the last year because of the investigation by the Auditor General and others, and and that exposed a lot, which I, I suppose motivated the RCMP to start their official inquiry and investigation into it. But there's a common thread here that you and I have talked about since Ford took office. Uh, it seems like a hundred years ago now. Uh, and that is, is, is Doug Ford in that for the people of Ontario to make this a better province, a better community for wherever you live? Or is, is, is this really an opportunity for him to, to basically, you know, hand out favors to his buddies and to his supporters? Uh, it happened with, with, you know, the appointment or his idea of an appointment for the OPP commissioner. I mean, he wasn't even, you know, they, didn't, they haven't even put the curtains up in his office at Queens Park when he started pulling that and said, I'll decide my buddy's going to be the o OPP commissioner. And it's gone on and on. Every one of these controversial decisions, the common theme seems to be, and the question is, as, as our legal friends would say, who benefits? Uh, and usually it's people that made huge contributions to the Ford campaign. Even this thing about Service Ontario kiosks right now. Who's the major beneficiary? Staples. And the guy that runs that company was a major supporter and financially, but otherwise, of the Ford campaign. I mean, how dense does, does he think people are right now? Well, but they have a majority. They don't care. But they will care as we get closer to the election time. Because people are going to say, who do you, as you point out, who do you represent? Whose interests are you out there for? 
and 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 uh, certainly small business people will tell you he's done nothing for them in Ontario. Uh, he's you know looked after you know the big box stores and you know during during the you know pandemic and otherwise, and just recently with his service Ontario. The big question is, who are you trying to help? And the public is going to is looking and saying, well, I don't see any benefits. What you'll you'll do things for your pals, you'll do things for the big you know the big companies, small business, and the ordinary Joe are looking at it and saying, you know what what how are we benefiting? We're, our hospitals, you go to the hospital, you wait interminably to be looked at. Uh, the healthcare system, you know, not circling the drain, but darn near, and that's that's the thing, Bill. You and I use that's where, where we see the benefit of living in the province of Ontario, and we're not seeing the benefit of it because the situation's in turmoil. There's another element to this, too, and uh, I, I know you've got a close association with the, the Ontario Provincial Police, a great uh, police service there here in the province of Ontario, uh, and that has to do with license stickers, and I'll tell you the reason why. I'm, I'm coming up on, on my birthday in, in a couple of weeks now, and the routine member used to be, okay, you go in and get your, your license renewed on your birthday. And, uh, you know, okay, here's the notice. I go there, get the sticker. You pay the money for however many years you want to do this. Of course, Ford member about a year or so ago said, no, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to get the, the sticker. But apparently, a part of that legislation, as you and I talked about at the time, you still have to, to renew your fee. You still have to pay an annual fee. And the OPP uh, and, and somebody in the ministry, I guess, released a report a few weeks ago that said they're shocked and concerned about the number of people that haven't bothered to do it. Well, that's because a lot of people don't think they need to. Well, they uh, you know, I don't need to get a sticker anymore. But so, 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 if you get stopped at a roadside thing and, and the OPP officer looks at you and says, "Well, your license hasn't been renewed. You're driving with an expired license or whatever," you're going to say, "How would I know?" You know, you don't keep track of these things. But that's a consequence that they never really thought about. You know, he just thought about, "Hey, I'm going to save you 55 bucks a year," but it could cost you an awful lot, awful lot of grief down the road. It's, it's I think the fine is something like 125 bucks or something like that for yeah. having a out of date vel tag, as we call it. Yeah. Uh, and the point the point is, you still have to register. You don't have to pay anymore. You don't have to pay a thing anymore. But it still has to be registered on your your birthday or that. And uh, people, you know, all the time are stopped because, like you said, they've just forgotten about it since they don't have to pay for it anymore. And so it's kind of meaningless for them. So you have people that, you know, are driving around with a VEL tag that's three and four years old. Well, they get stopped and they say, your VEL tag is out of date. Here's your ticket. 125 bucks. Uh, it's and, around and again, that. Yeah, approximately. And I, I, I've, I've seen anecdotally on social media some people that have run into that situation and they're very concerned about this. Uh, the other elephant in the room that, that I wanted to ask you about, and which is why we started off this conversation on the podcast today talking about changing the channel, is uh, the report, the government's own report that came out last week uh, about housing starts. And, and of course, you know, the, the premier has promised millions of houses. I mean, I'm, I'm overstating it, of course, as he often does. Uh, you know, this is how many housing starts. We're going to deal with this crisis. They're woefully short of, of their goals. There's no way they're going to attain this right now. Uh, and, and they just seem to shrug this report off and say, well, you know, tough economic times, et cetera. There, this is a crisis. I mean, we've got people still living in tent encampments in cities, towns, and villages now 
uh, right across this province. Uh, we want to put a roof over their head. Uh, it, they're not building houses. And, and I know that it's, it's not specifically uh, to the blame of the Ontario government. I mean, all three levels of government has have to share in the concern here. But they're not moving the needle here, and they're not doing what needs to be done. Uh, and and this is one of these issues that I, I guess, you know, unless this, this impacts you, are people paying attention to this right now? I mean, you don't, you need only look around to see the encampments and see uh, the, the renovations that are going on in, in different parts of the province right now. Is this a, a problem that, that the province is only paying lip service to, or do you see any concrete ideas to try to alleviate some of the, the stress that's on that, that particular area of the market? Well, you won't believe this, Bill, and most people probably won't, but there is so much still in effect that was downloaded from the, you know, Mike Harris days. And and much of this has been thrown at the doorstep of municipalities to look after, like social housing and, you know, affordable housing, that kind of thing. And that was that was never something that the, uh, prior to that, that municipalities had to worry about. And now we, we we have a province or provincial government that says, oh, yeah, leave it with us. We'll look after it. Well, we knew that it, that was just hyperbole that, you know, whatever million homes he was going to build or whatever nonsense. And you're right. It's just it's it's come to the point where it's 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 almost a tragedy because people just don't have a place to live. And people, you know, they don't have the money to, to you know, to get an apartment at, at $2,000 or $2,500 a month. Uh, so where are they going to go? And the street, a tent, is that a place for anybody to live? No, it's not. But it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to matter for a government that could care less about it because their interests are elsewhere. It's not with the homeless. It's not with people, you know, or, you know, rent evictions. They're they're just not it, it it certainly looks to me that they're just not interested. And that's what it comes down to. Excuse me. Well, a quick question then, as we kind of put a wrap on on this whole conversation. Uh, you know, the the old thing I said all this to say to say this. Uh, is Bonnie Crombie up to the job to, to bring these these focus uh, and these issues to focus uh, when the legislature gets back to work in the middle of February and moving forward? Because the big criticism a lot of people had in 2023 uh, was a, a weak opposition at Queen's Park. Uh, with all due respect to Mara Stiles, she was relatively new to the job, and, and I know that she's attempted to, to make some inroads here. Uh, but can the opposition hold these people accountable for some of these issues and make us care more than we seem to be caring about them now? Well, it's pretty hard to do that when you don't have a seat in the legislature. There's that, yeah. That that's a big part. And anybody who follows provincial politics or any, you know, or federal or provincial politics, to be a, a, a voice kind of nattering from the outside loses its effect. But in the house where you can hold their feet to the fire, it's a whole different ballgame. She's going to have to move quickly to get a seat in the legislature prior to the election i you know she's she needs that runway if you will to build up her name her, her presence and i don't know wh how quickly that's going to happen but if i was advisor i would be telling you you better talk to somebody right now about either giving up their seat or, or running in a by-election maybe that's not even in your own writing but just get in the legislature uh, i hope i hope that's you know what what she's thinking 
I had a discussion with our good friend Steve Pakin about this uh, a couple of weeks ago now, and, and he brought up an interesting point. He said, you know, given the fact that she's the the leader of the third party, uh, they get very little time in question period. They're not an op. Uh, there's not much of a platform there. He he said he she might be better off uh, staying there in the gallery, watching what's going on, and spending her time going around the province, not unlike what uh, Justin Trudeau did. Uh, in in Parliament, when he became the leader of the Liberals, who were the third party, uh, I know Harper constantly criticized him for not being in the House. He was out uh, making sure the Canadians knew who he was, and it, it usually it did pay off. Of course, he won the federal election, went from third to first. Now, I'm not suggesting Bonnie Crombie's going to use that as a strategy, uh, but there is something to be said. I mean, you you were in that press gallery for a lot of years at Queens Park. Uh, and you know that the scrums down on the second floor right after the session's over, she could just as easily walk down the stairs from from the gallery and and answer questions or make statements. Uh, whether or not you know she's she's going to get the kind of uh, feedback from it and and the kind of public exposure may be another question. But is it really that necessary for the leader of the third party to be there for question period, or is their time better spent? Well, you can do both. I mean, Mike Harris, who's who's a member. And he traveled all over the province. You, like I said before, he would have gone to the opening of an outhouse. I mean, it was that you know, he would go to birch, church basements, whatever, whoever wanted to see him. Yeah. And he, he did it while he was doing the house. Of course, he wasn't there a lot of the time, but that's fine. It, I believe that you have to have a presence in the legislature so people can see who you are and the kind of work that you're prepared to do. To become a leader, and I, I, you know, I I know other people like Steve disagree with me, but I I tell you that I don't see it. I don't see not sitting in the legislature. Uh, well, we we've seen it federally, you know, or, or not not federally, but certainly provincially, where 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 leaders of parties didn't have a seat in the house. Well, where are they now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I think that's important. Bill, just before before we sign off here, you saw a, a Robert Benzie's story this week about the the uh, email that showed that the the inner sanctum of the Doug Ford knew exactly, knew exactly what that Greenbelt business was all about and was directing Amato, Ryan Amato, poor old Ryan Amato, who's been now the scapegoat, to take certain lands out of that green belt mm -hmm. it's right in the email that was obtained by the uh through freedom information by the ndp i mean most people didn't believe doug for when he said that anyway but there's living proof that they knew exactly what was going on it just it just wasn't steve clark's baby and he was operating as some kind of you know a, a side individual on this whole thing well which begs the question of course uh, you know even with that, and if you, if you were an unbeliever when Ford was making those statements, essentially saying, you know, it's not my job as the premier to, to make those, that my ministers do that. Well, that's BS, and we know that. But are people going to care? I mean, because if, if Rob Benzie had that that email and that and ran that story, uh, the RCMP certainly have it too, uh, it, as they uh, continue with their investigation. Uh, but that's going to be a subject for another podcast when you join us about exactly what the ramifications of that RCMP report are going to be. Uh, and whether or not people are going to pay much attention to it, which again goes back to my point uh, about it's going to be up to the opposition to to Marge Stiles and to Bonnie Crombie uh, to hold the government's feet to the fire because they're going to have a lot of ammunition in 2024. That seems pretty obvious. No, oh, they, they, yeah, there's no shortage of stuff that they can go after. And uh, 
that's why I'm saying the green belt will, uh, you know, that's the spaghetti that's sticking against the wall. Uh, Richard, always a pleasure to have you on the program today. Thanks as, as always. I know it's going to be a very busy year and uh, we look forward to future discussions with you too, as those stories unveil. Take care. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bill. Richard Brennan, of course, retired journalist for the uh, Toronto Star who covered both Queens Park and uh, Parliament Hill for so many years. And that's it. That's the way we see it this week. The Bill Kelly Podcast, critical discussions and critical times. Until next time, take care. Bill Kelly Podcast brought to you by Wizens Law, personal injury lawyers. Listen, you didn't choose to get injured, but you can choose the right lawyer. Wizens Law, 905-522-1102 or wizenslaw.com.